go. Hello, everyone. This is Hartmut Schumacher from the podcast Go Your Own Past. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Zahi, the host of uh, the podcast MCC Modern Christian Collective, in which Zahi wants to discuss with people about the modern Christianity and its values and uh, to give uh, especially support for the Christians in Iraq, especially for the youth. And um, so that um, the people have um, a very good support and a connection to uh, their religion, as um, the, the situation in Iraq for the Christian people is not the best at the moment, if I can say this like this. And uh, to support them, to encourage them, this is the target of uh, Modern Christian Collective and also to um, come together with all people around the globe in order to discuss how modern Christianity could look like in this world. Zahi was born in Mosul in Iraq and his family uh, are from a little town called Al-Ghosh. Al and his family immigrated to Australia when he was seven years old. He left Iraq for two reasons. His father got a scholarship for, uh, for doing his PhD and also because of the per persecutions of the Christians in Iraq. And um, he worked for, many, for 20 years um, in management, sales, hospitality and coaching and mentoring. Hospitality, sorry. And now he's running this podcast, MCC. Welcome, Zahi, to my podcast. My pleasure talking to you. Thank you, my friend. It's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure to be, to be with you. Perfect. Wow, yeah. And um, the situation is, uh, so this is, uh, you're, you're also a father, husband, so you have your own family. Yeah? Yes. And uh, the interesting thing is you, um, before I introduce more about you, I want to give you the um, the ability to talk or to tell the people about the values you talked yesterday, because um, I think the people shall understand directly what we are talking about if we are talking about MCC. And this is, for example, the, uh, the four keys in order to get um, to have a good life. Oh, the the video I did on balance in life. Yes, please. This was yeah. amazing. And this, for this reason, I want to start with this so that the people can directly understand who you are and then we can talk who you are. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the I was inspired to do that video because uh, roughly, I don't know, 15 or 20 years ago, I met a great man. He, was a, he became a mentor to me. Um, he was very successful in business. Uh, and, you know, he was quite wealthy uh but what what attracted me to um him was not so much just his wealth but also his himself as a person uh you know he was a great father a great husband um you know amazing family man and uh he never he treated me like i was on the same level as him uh and uh and i saw how he treated people and i i, I really thought well you know what i want to be i want to be like this guy and uh, he taught me one thing. He said, uh, Z, if you ever want to have balance in life, uh, there's four key areas that you really need to uh, master. And he said, it's uh, number one is your spiritual, 
Uh, second is your, is your financial. Uh, third is your, and they're not in any order. They can be in any order, but third is your, um, your family and relationship life. And uh, lastly, it's your physical, you know, so your health. So, you know, and, and then we worked and he said to me to rate them out of 10. He said, sit down, write them down and uh, look at your spiritual life and give yourself a score from one being the lowest, 10 being the highest. And same for your financial, physical, and your family and relationship. And the, the thing that he said to me was that if, if you find any of these areas are out of, uh, are not really, if you're not really performing well, they can put the rest of your life in, in jeopardy and, and a lack of balance. He gave me examples. He said, for example, if your physical health is not good, if you're not sleeping well, if you're not looking after yourself, you're not exercising, that can have an impact on your spiritual life. That can have an impact on your uh, family and relationship life because you won't be effective. You won't be treating them in the best way you could be. And it probably have an impact on your financial life and vice versa. If your finances are out, finances are a massive stress for most people. It's the number one cause of divorce, I think. And if you're not any, he used to say to me, if you're not in control of your finances, your finances will control you. And I, I learned that, you know, the hard way. So uh, I think I put a challenge out to everybody who is listening in uh, for the next 30 days, especially to all my friends around the world and uh, in Australia and New Zealand who are in lockdown uh, for the next 30 days to really work on yourself and come out of, if you're in a lockdown, to come out of that lockdown better than you've ever been, you know, and ask yourself the question, what kind of person do you want to be when the lockdown is over? You know, don't, don't come out of it more afraid and let them more frail come out of it stronger than ever. Cause that's something that I think even the governments wouldn't expect. Wow. Perfect. Now this is, thank you very much. This is a, I think this was a very essential introduction so that the people understand what we are going to talk about and mm. how you are going to structure also your MCC. Yeah. Mm. But then, and for this, but now I would like to talk about more about you. Uh, for example, you raised up in Australia when you when you came when you have, um, were seven years old. Have you yes. any have you any um, memories about Iraq? And what are the memories? Are they good or are they bad? Because I think when you left it, I think it was already you did you did you left it at the right time? Yeah, I mean, when I, I actually have wonderful memories of Iraq, and uh, I've been blessed with a very strong and vivid memory. So I can remember things even uh, till when I was two years old. I, I, I surprised my parents many times when I recall things to them, and they say, how, the, how do you remember that? That's not possible, because you were only just a bit older than a baby. So, But my memories of Iraq were very fond memories, because uh, where we grew up, which is the northern part of Iraq, it's, a, it's actually a cool climate, um, you know, very green. I remember in winter, um, all the lakes used to be crystallized, so you could walk on the lakes. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the streets were full of uh, fruit and things like that. I mean, traditionally, biblically, it's where the Garden of Eden was. You know, so it, and, uh, and I saw snow as a child. You know, we played outside. It was, uh, and I, I mean, look, you'd hear sometimes bombs going off and you'd hear certain things happening and that you, you didn't notice it. That was just part of life, I think. And, uh, um, but it's very, it's contrary to what the media show Iraq, you know, when you, when you think of Iraq, most people think of desert camels, donkeys, poverty, and women with, uh, you know, the burkas where you can only see your eyes, which is very different. I mean, now it's, it's like a third world country, sadly, but yeah. when I was there and when we left the Iran Iraq war was still happening, 
the economy was actually very strong, as well as, you know, um, I mean, Saddam Hussein was in power. And for whatever people want to say about Saddam Hussein, he did keep all the uh, psycho, psychos in, uh, at bay. And he had, he had control of that country. So he, let, he had all the extremists uh, basically in, in exile. And when he got oust, they all came out and, and obviously destroyed the country. But yeah, I have very good memories of, of Iraq. Uh, I mean, you did have to be a tough kid. You, didn't, you couldn't be, you couldn't be a, a snowflake or a soft kid. If you didn't know how to defend yourself at five or six years old, you would be destroyed. So I had, luckily for me, I had my uncles, my father, everyone was in military, very strong men. They taught me how to uh, be strong and defend myself from, I think, three years old or four years old. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I was, I was a little bit of a problem for some kids when I came to Australia because, uh, you know, as a seven-year-old, if, if a kid pushed me, uh, unfortunately, I didn't just push them back. I <laughs> made an, I gave an exclamation mark. So I think my father at the time told me, you can't be like this here. It's different. So I, I had to adjust the Australian life uh, after in the first couple of years. Uh, this is, uh, uh, yeah, we can talk about a lot of subjects. I want to mention this is very interesting because the people in in other countries, also in countries where, for example, you don't have such healthcare system or such social system like in the Western Europe, the yeah. interesting thing is the people have to fight more. And this is more like it was in the nature maybe 10,000 years ago when they, they, have a, they have a very high hormone production, like cortisol production, which which yeah. gives the which gives them the ability to fight or to run away. Yes. And uh, interesting is, for example, the most European um, people they are living a very uh, well, a life full of routines, mm -hmm. and this is a very exhausting life. And so the cortisol household household is nearly zero. And these people, yeah. uh, well, they don't they don't know how to fight. It's really it's it's. Yeah. It's like this, and they don't want to yeah. see it, and they are not able to see fear because they don't want to see it. They can't, they cannot handle this. Yeah. Mm. And this is uh, a difference if people, for example, in Iraq, Iran, and all that stuff is uh, going on. And I also know that this was a very beautiful country under Saddam Hussein, and I think also that the Christians could have a quite good life during this time. Is was that correct or not? Yeah, you're hundred percent correct. The Christians are. Uh... I mean, there was persecution and, and uh, prejudice because the the majority was uh, Muslims, mm -hmm. um, but uh, we didn't really have a hard that much of a hard time when Saddam was there. You know, um, he did he did in some ways protect the Christians. Um, I mean, there was a I don't know the exact number, but I think it was between two to three million Christians in Iraq still. So, ten percent of the population when Saddam Hussein was in power. Right now, there's two hundred thousand left. Well, you know, uh, in 2014, which I can talk about later, when ISIS moved in, uh, a complete genocide occurred in Iraq, and you know the media didn't really talk about it. Yeah, this is that's yeah, true. And you and you described it very nice how 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 beautiful your country was, also with the fruits in in your yeah. area and all that stuff. And yeah. um, and uh, wow. Um, I have to ask this. Um, well, I'm interested in this question. Uh, for example, in Afghanistan, Afghanistan is also a very beautiful country. Mm. And uh, the problem uh, they have, for example, by the bombs or by the, by the use of the specific munition, um, mm. the, 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 the bottom is poisoned. For example, uranium munition. Yeah. 
Uh, is this in Iraq as well? Is this the same situation? Yeah, I mean, there was uh, people I know, uh, for example, a lot of the chemical warfare uh, destroyed a lot of, um, I suppose, uh, stock. And not just that, um, it affected people. Yes. Uh, after the Gulf War, I have relatives, sadly, who lost babies and uh, had uh, many miscarriages and all sorts of things because of the chemicals uh, in uh, the, you know, the, the, the effect that I had on those wars, the, the effect I had on innocent people is, uh, it's immeasurable. And I, I'm, I'm, I want to, I'm, I'm, uh, I want to go only for a short period of time in this subject, but I want to explain to people no, why many people have to leave Iraq. Because, um, for example, in Afghanistan, it's like this. They used uranium munition so that the mm. land was poisoned and then you cannot grow, you can, it's not possible to grow fruits anymore or to grow yeah. wheat because it's radioactive. The only thing you can produce is opium. And this is the reason why in Afghanistan, for example, uh, under the, um, uh, what was the name of these people? Um, uh, what is the word? Mullahs? The, the people who have control, who had control about this country. Taliban? Yes, they, the Taliban. They had, um, they had reduced the production to 10%. Yeah, right. After the war, the, the production it was increased to 90 to 100%. Because, this is, because all the land was poisoned and they can only produce opium in the getting money in order to buy food. Mm. And this is yeah. um, this is this, this is also a problem. and this is. I just want to say this that the people understand how Iraq was. Yeah. And what's sometimes also about right now. Mm. And that, that this is our fault as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can I just speak on that? I mean, in. Uh, if you don't mind, in, in 2014, when the genocidal attack happened on the Christians of uh, Iraq, I mean, this is part of the reason what um, inspired me to do a podcast and to bring, I suppose, awareness, uh, and more so to have something for the people of Iraq, especially the ones that have migrated out of Iraq, so that they have something to, I suppose, lean on uh, for information, inspiration outside of the church as well. Uh, and uh, I'm very blessed because my uncle is the Archbishop of the you know, Chaldean community. Uh, I'm very proud of that. Uh, in, and, but it's also a sad story because he was uh, the Archbishop of Mosul, right? And he had, I think, somewhere around 13 churches in his diocese. And uh, after ISIS moved in, his churches were destroyed. You know, the people, many people murdered, killed in, in horrific ways. And also the churches decimated. Some were uh, turned into mosques. Like the mosque they've turned, like the uh, church they've just turned turned into a mosque in Turkey, that was happening all over Iraq. So he lost his complete, you know, uh, congregation, his diocese, uh, and the Vatican actually ended up moving him to Australia to Sydney because you know he had he didn't have a anything left, uh, and uh, his he only received he became ordained as the Archbishop of Mosul just so you know because the Archbishop before him uh, was kidnapped by these Islamic extremists and uh, uh, put up for ransom. You know, they raised, I think, 300,000 US dollars, paid the ransom, and the Muslims still killed him and left him in the street in his archbishop robe. Uh, so my, my uncle got his job, 
Mm-hmm. You know, so for many years he had a target on his head, but because he's got strong faith, no fear, he did a, he did an amazing job there, and then eventually was transferred over here to Australia. So I, I interviewed him as my. I thought it was definitely necessary to have him as my first guest on my podcast. Wow, mm. amazing story. Amazing yeah. story. And the situation is concerned with Christianity. It is not only in Iraq at the moment. As I said, it's yeah. in the whole Western world. It's unbelievable because uh, the Christian values, um, how can I say? The Christian values have no real value for many people anymore. Yeah. Or only hidden. Mm. Yeah. This is. Uh, Uh, for example, what for example a special, uh, it's an or, or, or a very specific char- character of Christianity is mercy, mm. and uh, this is something for example which is not find so much in other religions, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And um, these kind of values, and and to give the people and the and the um, And, the, and, and to give the people um, hold, this, I think this is very important. And I think yeah. in, in the Iraq, before you leave, the Christians and the Muslims and, and maybe also Jews, I, I don't know, I must admit, I don't have any big knowledge about Iraq, but I think yeah. they lived in peace together. Or did they live separately each other? This would be very interesting for me. Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, there was a sense of peace because... Um, Look, I had family members who were high up in the army as well, in the military. So uh, obviously they, there was not too many restrictions put on uh, Christians in terms of, uh, you know, and my father was quite successful as a, you know, in his universities. And a lot of my family are very highly educated, very proud of all my uncles and aunts. So they, they, they'd gone up high up in, uh, in their fields uh, in Iraq. Um, so there wasn't too much restriction on them. Uh, It's, it's tough to say they lived peacefully because there was, there was always persecution against Christians uh, from day one, you know. Um, and uh, I suppose when Saddam Hussein got taken out of power, they, they did with what they really wanted to do, which was to try to destroy the people as well as destroy the history and the culture. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even, even uh, in 2014, for example, they, they went into some of the museums Uh, destroyed, you know, thousand-year-old artifacts just to destroy the culture so that they can say that it's completely in an Islamic, Islamic country. That's, yes. that's the level of, that's the mindset that, that was there. Yeah. Um, I compare, but um, in my opinion, uh, the, the, the Muslim extremists cannot be comparable with the Muslim people itself. Yeah. Like it's like um, how can I say? I say fascism has many faces. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And this is most all... people. Most people want to get along, but there is a good twenty or thirty percent of uh, the Muslims that are fundamentalists, uh, which which is not a big majority. It's a minority, but twenty thirty percent of a, bi- a billion people is a lot of people. These are a lot of people. <laughs> this is a lot of people. But these are mostly people who have, um, how can I say, are they coming more from the, from the poor side? Because, uh, well, uh, this is a very yes, dangerous subject. But, uh, for example, here in Germany, uh, 90% of all mosques 
or are um, supported by the foundations of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they have a very strict, um, well, less they were they are very they their teachings are very very strict let's say it in a, yeah. in a, in a peaceful way <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, look, um, i mean i don't want to i don't want to uh focus on i mean that's just what happened in iraq and uh you know the the beauty of countries like australia is that uh you know we've got so many cultures here that, that are living generally speaking in harmony mm-hmm. uh, and uh part of why i wanted to start a you know um a community and a podcast and a uh website for you know for basically my culture and my people just to uh because i'm passionate about it um you know uh i want to preserve our culture as well and and also promote it you know so it doesn't die out because for many many years they they have tried very they've tried very hard to basically destroy our uh heritage and culture you know we were the indigenous people of iraq and now there's almost no no one left you know they're they're all over the country we speak aramaic which is uh you know jesus language um and again that's that's slowly uh, being pushed out and died out so I, i just want to do my part to preserve the culture that's all and how and how do and how yes and now, now i would like to switch to australia how was yeah. your life in australia yeah so you were seven i think you you went through the australian school you yeah. Did you study? Tell me a little bit more about you and about your life. Uh, I mean, look, coming to Australia was, I mean, it was a, it was a funny, like, funny start, like I said, to my first year or two, because I had to adjust to, <laughs> to a much more relaxed society, less, less uh, conflicting <laughs> uh, society. Um, so I think I calmed down. I don't know if I if everyone would say that but uh I think I calmed down definitely from when I first entered the country and then uh look I, I really enjoyed my my childhood here and even my high school years um and I think I was always I was being blessed uh to have qualities of leadership within me uh that for a long time I fought but eventually I let it let it be because I feel like that's what God wants me to do to lead um situations and and people in certain uh places so I think when I played sport like soccer, I was generally the captain. Uh, in school, I was a school captain. And then when I got into the workforce, I, I, I seemed to gravitate to leadership positions. Uh, not because I like to um, boss people around, but I, I think I, I, feel, I feel my best when I'm uh, leading uh, and helping people become better. That, that's what I get the most. Um, I suppose excitement in my life is when I when I see people grow, develop, succeed in their life as a result of my help or leadership. Uh, so yeah, I I did study for a little while. I studied engineering and uh, and I found that wasn't really for me because as much as I found the work, it suited my the way my brain is wired because I'm a I'm a mathematical guy. Um, it didn't really inspire me, even though I had relatives, uncles who were successful engineers. And they're still successful engineers these days. I found I was drawn to work more with uh, kids, helping people grow. You know, so I think that's what that's what things like sales, um, business, uh, the corporate world, and even hospitality uh, appeal to me. So I tried a lot of different things over the years, uh, but I got the most satisfaction out of working with young kids 
uh, in disadvantaged youths, uh, which I did for free for, for quite, quite a while. And also the most satisfaction in, in the jobs I worked in was when I, uh, as I said, helped people to grow and develop as people, taking someone that was new to the workforce and working with them for sometimes lengthy periods of time and getting them into management roles. Uh, I got great satisfaction out of that. They were, they, they meant more to me than any trophies that I'd received in sport or, you know, accolades in business that I, that I had. Okay. And, um, and now, and, um, uh, what is the, what, um, is the, um, importance of the podcast in your life right now is, do you want to make this full time? Do you want to make this part time? Do you, how do you want to, what is I mean, the for me, of the podcast? For me, it's just, for me, it's just part of my life now. It's not a, you know, it's not a job in any way. Mm -hmm. It's just part of my life. Uh, every week, I, you know, we're launching one episode a week. I think that'll eventually turn into two. Um, the whole point of the podcast is, uh, I think it's almost a reflection of myself when I was 18 years old when I left high school. And mm -hmm. I needed, as much as I had great parents, you know, I, I, needed, uh, I needed mentors. I think uh, young kids definitely need mentors in their life to, to find what they want. Um, and I didn't, I think I, even though I went to university, I just felt lost there. I just felt like I needed someone to tell me, okay, if this is what you want to do with your life, this is all you, this is what, this is the roadmap to it. So I, I started the podcast uh, and we alternate it. One week we have religious leaders, like my uncle, the Archbishop, and, other, and, the, and the alternating week we have uh, people who are, who have Christian Christian foundations, but are successful in business, uh, mm -hmm. and you know sport or health, or all that stuff. Do people from all different industries, and I get them to come on the podcast as well and talk about the key thing is we're talking about success principles, you know. So we're talking about Christian foundation, the Christian fun, um, principles, but also success principles, and they they go hand in hand. Yes, you know, a lot a lot of the success books that are written these days they quote. Uh, things out of the Bible or they've reworded things out of the Bible. Um, like your think and grow rich and all these books, a lot of that comes from, you know, Proverbs, uh, other, other parts of the Bible. So, uh, yeah, I, I recently had a good friend of mine. His name is Phil, who is a majorly successful entrepreneur here in Australia. Who's got, who's in hospitality. I, I had him uh, on the show and he, he spoke about, uh, you know, um, goals and personal uh, family and uh, business and uh, how to actually find harmony in those. So I think for, uh, for my listeners, they'll get spirit, spiritual ins inspiration, uh, but also uh, practical inspiration that they can apply to their lives. Mm -hmm. that, that was the whole idea. And so that, way they don't have, yeah, that way they don't have to go to, I suppose, uh, all these different seminars and try to find the right books on success. They can tune in uh, to my podcast and hopefully uh, have questions answered and find good direction out of it. That's great. That's so. It's all uh, as well. It's interesting. If 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 we work in this in this area with my podcast, I do I go in the same direction. It's all about health, freedom, and um, love. Great. Yeah. That's uh, these are the key points. And the interesting thing is that uh, most uh, the let's say it like uh, that there is a force which uh, wants to reduce it and we can take it as a tool in order to increase it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, there's always, there's always that resistance in everything we do. So 
you know, um, I, I did a course with uh, Bob Proctor, who's uh, all about mindset. And uh, he, he talked about the uh, terror barrier, like it's like a fear barrier. And he, he said it was a whole basic module on that. And he was saying that once you get past a, t- uh, a terror barrier, uh, you find great success outside of that. So there's always going to be that resistance, but we just always have to push through it. In in the esoteric scene or in the esoteric, uh, the esoteric people say we have a cosmic day and the subject of the cosmic day is courage. So the situation is we have to, we have to um, get through the fear in order to increase our courage so to get the benefit. Yeah, absolutely. So in my opinion, for example, also fear is for this reason a tool like uh, like in a fitness studio. Exactly. And, um, uh, and it has nothing to do with uh, with evil. Uh, something what is for me is evil is carelessness. Yeah. Yeah. This is um, and uh, and for example, I don't know what the situation in Australia is. For example, uh, but here uh, the children have to wear masks. Yeah, right now yeah. in, the, in the school and with the masks the children cannot read the face anymore and for this reason the person in front of you becomes exchangeable yeah they're just trying to dehumanize yes. uh, the experience uh, thankfully there's only one state in australia where masks are compulsory but majority of it we're, we're quite blessed that you know we don't have to do this uh, um Yeah, I, I think that's just a little bit crazy. Uh, some of the countries around the world have gone a little bit, a little bit silly. Uh, but thankfully, we're not in that situation, uh, and hopefully, we stay that way. And what's about the people in Australia? Are they are they um, seeing these things uh, from from a from a deeper perspective, or? Yeah, I mean, look, the the mass majority, unfortunately, listen to the news uh, and believe it which is unbelievable for me. Uh, but I think that's just what the media play on. You know, the, um, the media, I mean, I, I said, to, I said on a post on Facebook today is, you know, when you watch a movie, uh, your emotions are played on, you know, you, you can, you get scared, you get, you feel good, you, you know, and all this sort of stuff, your emotions are up and down in most movies. And if a movie can do that to you, uh, then the movie's done the right thing. But, Naturally, we know a movie is not real, it's fake. So after the movie, we can get on with our life. Uh, I, I believe that the people have to have that same mindset and attitude towards the news. Mm-hmm. They, they need to know that it's all sensationalized and uh, majority of it is actually not real. Um, and, and actually, and if you, if you had that mindset, you would actually probably search for the truth, what the reality is. I mean, I gave you the example in the beginning about what Iraq was like, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I mean, who who listening to this, anyone around the world who who has not been Iraq, most people will be shocked when I tell them that when I was a kid, I used to run on um, crystallized lakes down the road from my house because the temperature was below zero in Iraq. Uh, yes. Great fruit, great produce, uh, beautiful green pastures all around where we lived. That's not what your image of Iraq is, is it? The most the majority of people don't know it, yes. Barren, barren desert with camels. And, uh, you know, because every time the media would show, I remember when we were, even as kids growing up in Australia, we'd watch the news. And every time they'd show Iraq, we would, we would look at the TV and go, where are these places that they're showing? Like we've <laughs> traveled all over Iraq. Where is this place? It's the, 
crappiest, most poverty-stricken place, the driest places possible, and they find the poorest people possible, and that's who they filmed. And that's who they continually filmed every time they showed Iraq. So uh, you don't have to be Einstein, you don't have to be that smart to figure out the media is all about sensationalism. It's all about selling. It's selling you an idea, it's selling you a movie. And what's really sad is most people believe that. You know, and, and in, a, in a world where there is uh, an abundance of information, uh, people still uh, are ignorant, which, is, which blows my mind, you know? Um, so yeah, unfortunately, the, the, there is a mass amount of people that still believe the news. They still believe that this flu uh, is dangerous and all this sort of stuff and that, you know, the government are doing the right thing by protecting us, which uh, clearly there, you know, I could talk about that for another hour. Um, but there are, what I've been really pleased to see is there is a lot of people waking up to what's going on and realizing that there's a lot of uh, BS, uh, you know, in, in this whole uh, saga and, and seeing what the media are doing, which is, you know, really playing with people's lives. Um, and so there's, I've seen groups on, for example, Facebook and that uh, from uh, a bunch of lawyers that have got together uh, to really help people protect their rights, protect their freedom of speech, uh, you know, because a lot of our fundamental human rights are being uh, threatened at the moment here in Australia and everywhere in the world. So uh, thankfully, there's a lot of people waking up to uh, the, the crap that the government and the media are selling us. And, 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 and you're a father and husband as well, so you have your own family. Uh, and you have, and the, the wonderful thing is that you have all these values. How do you, how do you teach this, your children? Yeah, because uh, I think there's your house, there's, there's, there's your family. Mm -hmm. With your, I say, with your deep perception of things, yeah children have to go out and have to live a different life because the children children are very uh, are very different how old are your children i've only got one right now he's a three-year-old boy okay so okay we've got a we've got a bit to go with <laughs> with him he's he's, a, he's an amazing boy he's, he's beautiful um but i mean it's a good question because my wife and i discussed this well before we had him you know before we planned to have children and for me it all starts with your relationship with your significant other. That's, that's where it all starts. And that's where it always has to be. Um, uh, for me, a relationship is not 50, 50, it's a hundred, hundred, meaning that you put in a hundred percent of yourself and, the, and, uh, that's reciprocated from your partner. If you have that understanding, uh, then everything flows from there. For me, my wife is the center of my life. Uh, and my children is, uh, is, and my child, for example, is a manifestation of that love you know it's 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 not a lot of people uh, forget their partner when they have their kids unfortunately and their children become their main focus and and all you got to do is look at look at facebook for example you know they go, they go from their couple photos to just a photo of their child which is great they're proud of their child but for me my wife will always be the center of my life and i think from having that successful relationship uh, because for me children uh, they don't do what Most of the time, they don't do what they, what you tell them to do. Because I've worked with kids, coaching soccer, uh, and uh, you know, even with disadvantaged youth. And I know this will be the same with my child because I've already seen him do it. They don't, they never do what you tell them to do. Most of the time, they do what they see you do. Yes. You know. So, so if you are, it's all about leading by example in your own home. You know. So if you're doing the right thing, 
you know, making sure the relationship between the couple is, is always strong and there's a great bond there and, and it can go through the toughest times. Um, then, you know, the, I think there's no problem with you. you. You'll never have a problem with your child uh, because he's already, it's great. He's, already, he's already behaving in a way that, and he, I can see him already impersonating and imitating all the actions that we do good or bad. You know, so it's just, it's just about being very aware of that. I need to improve uh, because um, I have forgotten the, the, the name of a doctor, but there was also a study um, about children, children very young. Yeah. And um, a mother, for example, goes in interaction with these children. If a children is laughing or is making some movements, the mother makes the same movements. Or if a children is showing uh, his finger in one direction, the, the mother is looking in this direction. And so there is an interaction between the children and the mother. Yeah. And this is very, very essential. And they made this, um, and they made this um, experiment where the mother looks away and then it looks at the children and it makes no move within the face. Everything is frozen. And the children yeah. is interacting and the mother doesn't uh, interact at all. And then you see how this children starts to, uh, starts with all it can do to get this interaction back. Yeah. <laughs> This is, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, and uh, this is, uh, in my opinion, also important to know because many, many, um, we got trained or uh, 50, 50 years ago with one salary, you could, you could earn a, you, you could uh, earn a complete family. You could, uh, you, you could have a flat, you could buy a car, you could go, yeah. you could go with one salary. Um, and now it's not possible. Yeah. And, um, this is well, it is. It is if you. It depends on the what you do and the business that you do. Yeah, that's right. You just yeah, work, the, you just the most people don't do this anymore. Yeah. And uh, this is very. Uh, this is um, very strange. No, this is was a It's real cool. So uh, you are going to um, support uh, all the youth in Iraq so that they can have a foundation in order to, yeah, in order to create their own freedom and their families. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, you know, from uh, the, the, the beginning is just doing this podcast for the people here, but you know, we want to raise uh, funds. I mean, you know, money, money can do great, great things if you use it for the right purpose. Um, yeah. And, uh, for for that reason, um, uh, you know, we want to eventually get to Iraq and, uh, you know, help the people there because um, there are so many people right now who are displaced, even since the 2014 um, uh, genocidal attack by ISIS. Uh, over 300,000 people were displaced from their homes. And to this day, they remain uh, in those areas, uh, not really in homes. They're, they're in shelters. Uh, they're in tents. They're in, uh, you know, awful conditions. So we want to um, make sure that we, we not just raise awareness so the governments can help, but even for, uh, from here, raise funds that we can help those people. Um, uh, the city where I was born, which was Mosul, they, there was over 100,000 Christians and there was more when I was there. Uh, right now, there's zero Christians there. So where have all those people gone? A lot of them have left Iraq, but a lot of them are also displaced in uh, cities like Erbil, and all these other places where um, they, yeah, they're, they're still d displaced. I mean, 
last winter there was uh, so many almost uh, dying of uh, the cold up in the uh, northern areas because there was uh, they were still intense and uh, and then after the winter died down there was from the snow um, you know once the snow melted it hit those tents in those areas which okay. was uh, bloody bloody awful um, so you know we had kids dying over there we had you know just horrific conditions so ultimately we want to raise a lot of funds so that we help all the people who are displaced from their homes in, in northern Iraq that's the ultimate goal do you think that, do you see that there is a, a future for the Christians in Iraq? Right now, it uh, doesn't look good. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, there it, it doesn't look. I mean, I'm here. Uh, most of the Iraqi Christians are out of Iraq. Like I said, there's only 200,000 left, so the, the numbers have diminished. Well, you know, uh, dramatically over the last few years. Uh, but there's still, I think there'll still always be uh, people there because there's people that just love, you know, the land, that love the old monasteries there. Um, yeah, I think there'll always be a, a small minority there that, that will never leave. I see. Yeah, and God bless them. God bless them, yeah. yeah. This is, um, yeah, we have we have to fight on, on many levels in different areas on this planet. Yeah, this is. Um, but uh, this, uh, it, yeah, but the value is there, and also, yeah. I, I love, I love um, the the vision of, of old Spain, of old Gibraltar or old Mabea. This yeah. was an area which was, uh, led by Muslims. Mm. But in this area, Muslims, Christians, and Jews lived very peaceful together and made very good uh, business together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's possible. It's definitely possible with, with the right with the right leadership. Um, you know, people who are all about togetherness. There is a little bit of that happening in Australia right now because, believe it or not, our religious uh, freedom is a little bit under threat at the moment with some of the. Uh, um, bills that they're passing in politics um so uh for the first time in <laughs> i don't know a long time uh christian muslims jews hindus are getting together uh in order to you know unite a bit more uh not not to disagree on their religious beliefs but more to to express their uh their right for their own re religious expression uh because even that is uh is currently under threat by the by the left okay so they are uniting together in order to 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 get them to get their freedom again yeah exactly because i mean we we most people who are you know migrants um whether they came here by refugee or they came like my father did through you know scholarships whatever it was they majority of them left some form of persecution so the last thing they would want is to bring their kids up in a society where there is persecution once again against religion. I mean, that uh, it's just like, you know, what's the point of all that? Mm -hmm. and, as, and as we said before, we started this interview, we said that uh, words are becoming action. So um, yeah. I guess uh, with the podcast, uh, you will have a very good start for, um, for empowerment and for taking action yeah that's that's the goal my friend <laughs> great great yeah 
Um, it was a it was a wonderful um, conversation with you, Zai. Thank you so much. That and, was my pleasure. Uh, we are talking soon. I wish you all the best in the, the yeah. in Australia. <laughs> Eight hours up front. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and um, thank you so much. And um, Zahi from MCC Modern Christian Christianity Collective. Thank you, and I wish you much success with your podcast. And um, please go on. Thank you. And thank, thank you, my friend. And uh, I just want to say you're doing a wonderful job in what you're doing. I, um, I really support it, and uh, more power to you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye.